With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another, and maybe... Well, it's not the final, but it's a regular season finale episode of the Pittsburgh Steelers postgame podcast here from Behind the Steel Curtains audio platform. Make sure wherever you get your podcast, you check us out. Uh, you can just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, follow, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. And as always, we are a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so make sure you check out that website. A lot of good stuff there. As always, I'm joined by Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? Hey, hey what's up, fellas? Glad to be here. Glad the regular season is over and I'm ready to start the playoffs. I think you're not alone in that regard. Dave Schofield, the other co-editor, what's going on? How are you tonight? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of like how Brian said. I'm glad the regular season's over only because the Steelers are rolling into the postseason. You know, just think about how it's been the last two years for Steeler fans come this time. It's, oh man, now the offseason started. They didn't make it. No, let's get to the postseason. Let's roll. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Let's start off the show before we get into grades and everything like that. And we have a lot of people filing in both from Facebook and YouTube. I wanted to get your all's just knee-jerk reactions to this game. I know the tendency is to want to go ahead and say, let's talk about next week. Let's talk about the playoffs. Because as of right now, it is official. The Steelers are locked in with the with the Cleveland Browns again in the AFC wildcard playoffs because the Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins. So that's the matchup for the Steelers next week. I don't want to get what's up, Dave. You're you forgot a word. Down. What's that? Down. They beat huh? down the Miami uh, Dolphins. <laughs> You're right. And some of that was with the reserves as well. Um, I know the tendencies want to get, let's just start talking about that, but we're going to talk about this game 
and we're going to lead up to the playoffs. We'll have all of our regular content there. It doesn't mean we won't mention the playoffs, but the primary focus is going to be this 24 to 22 loss to the Cleveland Browns of week 17. Brian, knee jerk reactions from that game. What are they? They did not get blown out. They showed heart. They, uh, I still don't really love the uh, offensive play calling, but I thought it got a little more imaginative with uh, Josh Dobbs in there, you know, to uh, throw a little uh, monkey wrench in the whole thing. And, but that was for this game only, probably, even though Mike, Tom- it was addressed on Mike Tomlin's press conference. Just knee jerk reaction. They didn't get beat down 31 to nine by the Browns. And at one point it looked like that could happen. And that's embarrassing going into the playoffs in the back of my, my mind. Cause you know, I hate, Baker Mayfield, I abhor this guy more than you do, Jeff. And my thought is, pal, wait till next week. Baker Mayfield sucks. Just had to throw that in there. Dave, what's your knee-jerk reactions to? The knee-jerk the reaction is this. And I know you say to don't look forward, but this is a knee-jerk reaction. The Browns were playing to get to the playoffs. The Steelers were playing to win there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Absolutely. End of story. Yeah. I, I there's an article I'm going to write once the show's over um, or once I eat dinner, I don't know, whichever comes first. <laughs> and uh, it was, it's going to be titled mission accomplished. The Steelers get out of week 17 without injury. Mike Tomlin had his post-game press conference and said that they escaped any major injuries. Meanwhile, on the other side, you know, they, uh, the, the Browns uh, saw the receiver. Don't know. can't remember his name. He got hurt. Didn't return. Olivier Vernon, uh, hurt his ankle and didn't return. Those are injuries that could linger in the next week, and that's going to obviously leave them uh, down a few players. But the Steelers, if anything, could be getting players back as they think about the possibility of Robert Spillane coming back for the postseason. It's something Mike Tomlin alluded to last week leading up to this game. It didn't happen. I think if you're going to see it, it's, it's, it's now or never for uh, Spillane. We'll see. Uh, none of Other than that, I said it on my Let's Ride podcast and was kind of ridiculed. I said, let's leave the door open that Mason Rudolph might have actually gotten better because everyone wrote him off. Everyone said he's awful. Everyone said Mason Rudolph stinks. He's a bum. We all watched in 2019, but maybe because and I remember Tony Defio wrote this article for the website. This was way back before week one saying that there's no preseason. Well, we won't know how good Mason Rudolph has gotten if he's improved at all. And hopefully we don't. That's what he said. Hopefully we don't find out, meaning that. Obviously, the, the Steelers go into the playoffs. Ben Roethlisberger's healthy. Well, here he is in Week 17. Guys, I think that he was he has improved tremendously from last season. I saw more confidence. I saw a better pocket presence. I saw a guy that was more accurate with downfield throws. It was rough going at first. I think that's expected. But I thought Mason Rudolph was vastly improved. Not I'm not saying that he's like the next great quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he was improved, period. Let's get to this super chat here before we get into talking about Rudolph's numbers. Darren Dalton gives us $20. A new segment for you guys for the last game of the regular season. The three of you take turns simulating being the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Which player or players are you calling into your office, and what do you have to say to them? That's not a bad idea, Darren. When the season is over, uh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll have a show. like We'll do a Steelers preview where we uh, will do that. We'll, we'll pretend to be Kevin Colbert, and we'll bring these players in and say, here's what's going to happen. But thank you, Darren, for the $20 tip. We really appreciate it. I hope you have a great new year. Uh, so let's, you guys ready? Let's break this down by the numbers. Start with Mason Rudolph, or I should say the quarterbacks, because Joshua Dobbs did have some statistics. Mason Rudolph, 22 for 39, 315 yards, 
8.1 average, two touchdowns, had that one ugly interception. Boy, was that a bad, a bad decision on his part. He was only sacked one time for eight yards with an 89.2 rating. Joshua Dobbs, who came in occasionally four for five, two yards passing, uh, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 79.2 rating. Guys, let's grade the quarterbacks. If you want to be more specific to Rudolph or Dobbs, that's up to you. Brian, we'll start with you. So let's go ahead and uh, grade them as a unit. So the quarterbacking unit, I really think, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give them a B minus. I thought in the uh, first half, they could have moved the ball a whole lot better. Um, you know, settling for field goals in a couple places, you know, hurt. I really think that they could have done a little bit more, but I thought they did a lot um, with the fact that you're going against exactly what Dave said, a team that was trying to make the playoffs. They were hungry. Mason did not get rattled. He got cracked on that, that one play where he threw the interception which you know, I kind of thought could have could have been called back a lot. Even the announcers thought it could have been called back, but you know, I really didn't think it was a uh, a bad showing by the quarterbacks for what you were looking at in this position. I can look back at a few years when the Steelers were going to the playoffs, and it was Landry Jones' job, and they barely won behind Landry Jones, and they had. Uh, they didn't rest as many guys. They rested Ben. They rested a couple, but it just seemed like. Uh, Mason Rudolph came and showed up in this game. Dave, what do you think? Okay, a couple things from what Brian says. First of all, those two Landry Jones games, I know I was there for at least one, maybe both of them. Um, those were against Cleveland Brown teams that came into the came into Heinz Field with a combined record those two years of one and twenty-nine. Those were the two years they went one and fifteen and zero and sixteen. And they and the Steelers just get past them at home with that. This was a good Cleveland Browns team that they went into Cleveland, didn't even bring those other – left four captains at home, left four captains at home, and they go in there and do what they did. I'm grading the quarterbacks. I'm going B+. Yes, the, the interception – was ugly, but what was happening at that time? And and it and it's not that it could have been called back; it should have been called back. But that penalty what didn't wasn't what caused it to be an interception. That was a third and long play. The Steelers were trailing. They, he was he was attempting to make a play rather than just throw it away. And of course, when it gets intercepted, you're like, oh man, just wish he would have thrown it away. If something where it gets through the defender and they catch the ball, you're like, oh, what an amazing play. So I don't. It was an ugly interception. It probably wasn't the best decision there. And early on, the Steelers, believe it or not, some of their best play calls they made early on with some play action, they just weren't quite there with the execution-wise. So the execution got better as the day went on. Yes, am I grading on a curve? Probably, because my expectations for Mason Rudolph are not the expectations that I have for one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. But I thought both quarterbacks, whenever they were in the game, doing what they need to do, did the best they could with the plays that were called. I'm going to go with a regular, just a standard B for the quarterbacks. I thought they did enough to win the game, except you look at the first half lulls with drives just stalled in field goal range. That's frustrating. I will say that Mike Tomlin's press conference after the game tonight, today, whatever you want to call it, uh, he left the door open for the possibility of dressing three quarterbacks in the playoffs, saying that Joshua Dobbs, might be a part of this offense, maybe moving forward. I would personally be shocked 
if they take Ben Roethlisberger off the field to put in Joshua Dobbs, but he left the door open. And, and honestly, it's a different look. It's something that, you know, maybe that the Browns, they saw it this week, but maybe there are new wrinkles of with a second week of prep. We'll see if they do that. I'm not sure if that's just Tomlin being Tomlin and the wordsmith that he is. But real quick, Brian, would you be okay if Dobbs gets a helmet next week? Absolutely. Uh, Philip Rivers was okay with it when you brought in Jacoby Brissett last week. You know, it's a situation that if it's a wrinkle that could uh, change the face of a game, then you go ahead and do it. I remember way back in the day when Ben Roethlisberger was a younger player and uh, they would do some wildcat crazy stuff with Antoine Randall L, but Ben was still on the field. So, you know, there there's some things that you can do with that. I I think it's an extra wrinkle, and I think you need to pull out the wrinkles in the playoffs. Possibly. Dave, you're the inactive guy. How, <laughs> how in the world can they give him a helmet and still get away with it? That's going to be tricky. Um, they could go back to five defensive linemen like they normally did because they'd been dressing six. Um, that's one possibility. It's really going to, you know, what's going to come down to a lot. It's going to be, do you get these players back from the, from, from the COVID list? Uh, uh, the two of them. Um, with that, you know, are you, are you going to have back Robert Spillane? Are you going to have back Matt Filer? Matt Filer is an interesting one. You want to take Filer and put him back in there in place of Dotson right now? I don't know. Yeah. That's that's an intriguing question. So, but that's what I think it's going to come down to more of what's going on with everybody else. Um, do they have any guys that are injured and, and, and things of that sort? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, th- that might just be Tomlin just, you know, kind of throwing that out there to make the Browns have to prepare for the possibility of facing Joshua Dobbs here in the playoffs and, those RPOs that he's running, if it takes time away from them preparing for other things, I'm not sure, but that's it's it's something that's definitely an option. We'll see what happens. Let's go down to the running backs. James Conner, nine carries for 37 yards, a 4.1 average. Joshua Dobbs, two carries for 20. Anthony McFarland, five for 17. Benny Snell Jr., three for 10. Mason Rudolph, one for one. They end up rushing for 85 total yards. That's a huge uptick for them. On 20 carries, averaging 4.3. That 4.3 that hasn't seen Steelers haven't seen that average in a while. Guys, grading the running backs. Start with you, Brian. Go ahead. You know, I'm still going to. Uh, I'm not going to grade them well, but I'll give them a C. So you know, average. That's probably the uh, the best that they've seen in weeks from us. We were talking on the preview the other day about the the uh, over and under. And I believe uh, I can't remember what you said. I actually said over. I thought they would they would get close to maybe 80, 90 yards, and they did. So that's uh, that's pretty pleasing there for what has been such a subpar uh, unit. So let's go ahead and give them a C because it's their best game in a while. Still I, said, I said rush yard 70 on that over-under segment. I had 70 yards, so it was over. So if you said over, you got it. Wow. I, th- I think I might have said under. I can't ever remember these. I don't know. Um, it's a lot. All right, Dave, what about you? What grade are you giving the running game? Um, I'm really torn between a B minus and a C plus. Um, I thought it's funny because there were certain the running backs run better on certain types of plays. And for those of you that didn't realize, once again, I did not get the game. I was at Jeff's house again. And, and we're and we're watching this game, and Jeff gets so frustrated. Like the one time there was a play where James Conner had one guy out there and he's stopping and he's juking and he's trying to make that guy miss for a big play, which would have been nice. 
but he also could have made sure he didn't run square at him, miss him just to the left, just to the right, and fallen forward for two or three yards. And there, and by trying to make the guy miss, he ended up getting no more yards. So there's times where you're like, you could eke out some of these extra yards if you just see it. But then again, Jeff's like, run north and south, run north and south. But we we have an east-west view of the field while they have a north-south view of the field. So sometimes it's those type of things. I felt that there was the, I felt that they played hard. They, they ran hard. But there were some times that they could have possibly made a better read on where to run on certain plays um, a good bit. I'm actually going to give them a B. And the reason why is that the Steelers, even though they didn't have Marquise Pouncey, that's a big, mm-hmm. that's a big loss there on the offensive line. And they were going against the Browns starters. This is not a preseason yeah. game we're talking about. Yeah, the Steelers kind of approached it as a as a preseason game, but the Browns, they had their guys. You know, They weren't missing anyone that I'm aware of on the defensive front. And so because of that, I thought that this was probably the, the best running game we've seen in a long time. Not saying it was great. And in the second half, you know they had to throw the ball to get back into it, especially when they were trailing – uh, what was it? 24 to nine at one point, I think is what the score was at one point, And then they had to come back. So um, I, I thought the running game was okay. If they would have kept it close and not given up that second touchdown uh, that would have made that made it 24 to nine, they would have been able to run the ball more. And so instead, you know, the, the game can kind of dictate where that goes again, the over four yards average for the Steelers. I'll take it. I'll take that all the, all the time. So there you go. I'll give them a B let's go down to the receivers. Chase Claypool led the Steelers five catches for 101 yards. I can't remember the last time a Steelers receiver went over 100. It might have been a while. Um, do you guys Thompson? remember? Did Deontay go over this season? Several times he did. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah right. Deontay did. All right, so Chase Claypool goes over the century mark, I think, for the first time in his career. Deontay Johnson has three no, catches. He, I, I think he had it another time. All right, you guys are killing me. <laughs> five for 101 for chase claypool three for 96 for deontay johnson juju smith schuster six for 65 and a touchdown claypool had a touchdown by the way vance mcdonald gets puts his hand in the hat five for 33 james connor five for 25 uh and then a bunch of other guys were targeted james washington had the drop uh, that was that that just didn't it didn't start well for him, but boy, I'll tell you what, Chase Claypool, especially and Deontay Johnson, great game, guys. Let's grade out the receivers. Brian, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and give them an A minus. I I really thought the receivers were pretty good. You did mention that big drop by James Washington, but uh, solid game by them. They were balling out uh, that one play that uh, that one catch that wasn't by uh, Chase Claypool, which he did not get that second foot down. But that's that stretching grab out of bounds was athletic and beautiful. And that's the kind of things I look at when I say ball out. I really think that those guys were playing with a lot of heart. I thought Juju was playing with heart. Thought they all looked really good. And I I was thinking in the middle of that game, Deontay Johnson did not do anything amazing. Deontay Johnson did everything very good and solid in this game. I feel like he has gotten the message. And uh, that is a huge turnaround because everything that's coming his way, he's starting to he's starting to gobble up if it's uh, a catchable ball. So I really like what I'm seeing from the uh, wide receivers. So I, I got to go ahead and give him in the A range, but I'm still going to give him an A minus. All right, Dave. What about you? I'm going to give them a solid A. I think other than than a couple of those plays that they just didn't come up with early on, it would have been an A plus. I think they were doing what they needed to do. Um, 
it, it, I mean, there was a couple times, and Jeff pointed this out to me, that you saw Rudolph saying the same kind of thing to Deontay Johnson that we've seen Bedden saying to him in the past, which was where they weren't reading the same things. So, um, so it wasn't perfect, but I thought it was it, it was very adequate just to clean up a couple things. Uh, Deontay Johnson had back-to-back 100-yard games in weeks 10 and 11 against Cincinnati and Jacksonville. And don't forget, Chase Claypool won over 100 yards in that Philly game when he had all those touchdowns. Ah, that's right. Very good. Good. Thanks for the correction. Making me look like an idiot. <laughs> I'm gonna go- <laughs> You're welcome. That's <laughs> what you do best. All right, I'm going to go with an A for the receivers. Yeah, there were a couple drops, but again – Outside of the Washington drop, I, I felt like the receivers were, were bringing in the passes that were thrown their direction. Um, it was great to see Deontay Johnson's catch. That was a, I thought that was a tremendous catch uh, that set up the Steelers inside the uh, red zone, which turned into, I think, the Juju Smith-Schuster touchdown. And Chase Claypool has proven that if you give him opportunities, if you give him catchable balls, he's either going to draw a defensive pass interference or he's going to go up and get it himself. Rarely does he drop those those passes. I, I was very impressed with the Steelers' receiving core, and that's why I'm going to give him an A. So that, that's that's where we'll go with that. Let's go down the, the line here, and let's go to the offensive line. All right, offensive line grade. Remember, uh, the Steelers did throw for 315, Mason Rudolph. He was only sacked one time, but then again, you had 4.3 yards per carry on the ground. Guys grading the offensive line all around. Brian, what do you give him? You know, I'm actually going to give him an A minus, and I'm sure you guys might go higher than that. It's uh, I just feel like they uh, they played good ball. They they really. I mean, I wasn't quite impressed with uh, with everything Al was doing. I think that he's lost a little bit of something, but I really like the fact that you're missing your captain out there. You're missing a guy like uh, Marquise Pouncey that is so important to that squad. Um, you have you. Ha- it's kind of a a line that with Hassenhauer out there sometimes, and then Dotson out there, and Dotson is uh, getting much better. I'm just kind of impressed that uh, there were barely any penalties. In fact, I don't believe was there a hold, Dave. There may have been one. I know there was a false start on Dotson. Well, yeah, well, it's funny they called the false start on Dotson, but it was really the entire offensive line yeah. except J.C. Hassenauer. It was Jeff said, was it like a B.J. Finney move where they were all moving except for the center? Said, no, I'm like it wasn't that one where everyone moved and everyone kept moving and Finney still sitting there. This was one where everyone moved a, a half count before the ball was snapped. Um, I don't know that there was a holding. I can't remember a holding penalty. I don't. Um, I don't think so either. But uh, there was there, there was a hold on. Yeah, actually, uh, there was on Villanueva. I think. I think there was a play that was negated by a hold. Yeah, one of those. I know that the an illegal man downfield that was. That's um, uh, that's what I was thinking with Hassenhauer too. So you know, with that being said, I just thought you know the yes, running game was better. Right the the running game was better. So I you know we I've been all over this offensive line all year long. I want to give him a better grade, and I thought A minus works. All right, Dave, what's your grade for the offensive line? And this is for both, right? Just making sure. Yep, all around. Yep. Yes. I'm going to go B. I was torn between a B and a B plus because I think they did a very nice job in in pass protection. The one time that that Rudolph took the sack, one it was coming in his face, and he just didn't feel it. But what happened was both the offense, both a core of four. And 
the the defender both fell down, but the defender was able to get up and smack Rudolph um, during the play. I mean, they they both went to the ground because of they were blocking, so they were it was doing a good job. That sh- that ball should have been thrown sooner, or he, he should have been able to feel that coming. But I feel like. Uh, they did a nice job protecting Mason. That was going to be a really big issue in this game, and it really wasn't. Um, I was still not impressed with Hassenauer at center. It, I mean, he did all right, but it's – I mean, even you could just tell there's a little bit something different there. Um, so the And run blocking, I even said it a couple of times, it drives me nuts when, when a runner is three yards downfield still trying to fight, and you look and you see offensive linemen standing around. I want to see them finish their blocks longer and say, I am just going to physically manhandle the person who I am blocking until I'm told I have to stop because I want to show how bad I can beat you. That's what I'd like to see. And we're not seeing that. That's the only reason I'm not giving them an A. I'm going to give them B plus that you were toying with there. I'm going to give it a B plus. I thought they did a good job again, over four yards average per on the ground. I'll take it. And then they throw for over 300. They only give up one sack. I'll take that. I think the offensive line took a step forward. Yeah, Marquise Pouncey didn't play. You would think that would be, meaning it's an upgrade for the playoffs next week, uh, but we'll see. Let's get to the super chat here. Um, I'm trying to think how to say that. I don't know. Dave, any, Dave or Brian, any guesses here? What? Oh, the, <laughs> the, oh, the name? Yeah. Oh, I, thought, I was like, why can't you read that? They no, I can't read people. that. <laughs> um, Stangley Febo? There you go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was thinking it, it might be Stan. Stan Gly Fibo. He said he gives us $4.99. Thank you very much, Stan. And uh he says if our wide receivers play this well next week, we will blow out the brownies. The Steelers wide receivers did play well. They did play well. Gonna give them uh, we gave Maze for a reason. So I think Dave might have given him a B, but still. Um absolutely. Not Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, real quick, before we go okay. take our break, and then we turn it over to the defensive side of the ball. Brian, you mentioned this in your knee jerk. I wanted to give you guys a chance to kind of talk about play calling and the overall structure of the offense, because let's be honest, we had all talked about this on multiple platforms, how we were excited to see what the Steelers would do when Ben's not in there. You thinking this is all Randy Feetner's offense. This is it. We're going to get to see it. Ben's not going to have any say in this week. Were you pleased? Were you disappointed? Brian, let's go with you first. Well, I wasn't as angry as I have been. I just still think there's a lot of – I think it's there's no imagination. And that's that's really how I feel. Now, they're, now bringing out Dobbs gives some more imagination to it. I get that. So you could po- – I mean, that I could have some holes poke into this whole dissertation that I'm about to give. I just feel that, that – uh, Ben opened it up last week when it was hurt his turn to open it up. I I just feel like uh, Randy is so conservative right now, and I think Mason was capable of so many more things that he wasn't given the opportunity to do. It uh, we were joking on the Slack channel about uh, the obligatory second down run that always gets you in trouble. It's just like there is like you guys did last week, like you guys were calling the plays on the couch, you know, it's really easy to do. Uh, That's kind of what I was doing too. So I'm a, I'm still have my fire Randy sandwich board on during games, but no one's seeing it. I little bit better, but not enough. Okay. Dave, what do you think about play calling? 
Okay, play calling. Now yeah. I get to talk for a while. So you guys can go ahead. You can check out or whatever. Okay, well, first of all, I thought it was interesting when I when I pointed out Matt Canada was on the sidelines, and he had a paper. He had a paper. I don't know if you saw that. Is that normal, though? For a, I don't know if it is or not. Coach? I have yeah, not seen know. him on the sidelines with a paper. Maybe somebody else can tell me if that's the case. But when it comes to play calling, the Steelers – had a golden opportunity here. I was actually speaking this morning at church to a Ravens fan um, that was that was just mentioning about stuff heading into the playoffs, and I'm like, I, I wanted to see the Steelers run. I like that they did the stuff that they did with Dobbs. I was afraid they wouldn't do that. I'm really glad they did that. I wanted to see more, not just more Dobbs. Just I wanted to see more not the same old, same old. Jeffrey Benedict said it in the live chat earlier. So this was the same bad offense um, over those four games, except they were connecting on the long passes. I wanted to see a, a completely new philosophy. I wanted to say, come out, come out with a whole new philosophy. You're all, I mean, you say you're trying to win the game, but if you really wanted to win the game, then your players would have been playing. But you, you want to win the game while you're playing it. Come out with a whole new philosophy. If it doesn't work, then go back at halftime. Come out with a whole new plan. Like I said, run the air raid. Run, line up with double tight power eye the whole time and just run it every play. Something completely different. Do you want to know why? Because then you're putting something different on tape. And if it works, well, if it doesn't work, who cares? If it does work, then then whoever the Steelers face the next week, who now we know is the Cleveland Browns, people are going to have to be like, oh, we got to prepare for that, even if it being Ben Roethlisberger, even then if the Steelers wouldn't use it. I would have, I mean, it was the perfect opportunity to show how different you could be. They did it a little. I wish it would have been more. I want to talk about the two-point conversion. Because when the Steelers scored that touchdown, I said to Jeff, darn it, that's the play I wanted to see for the two-point conversion because it was a two-yard touchdown pass to Juju. I'm like, they just had to run their two-point conversion play to get the touchdown. I want everyone to know I'm joking. I'm seriously joking. Don't take this as, don't take this as being serious, but I just want to put it out there. Maybe the Steelers are like, huh, do we really want to take on the Colts again? Or we could beat this Browns team right now. Why don't we just face them next week? Let's make a really dumb play call on this two-point conversion. So then that way, the Browns, thats we're going to set up this matchup for next week. Because it's almost what it feel like. Because I felt that that play call, I didn't like it. I'm not saying it was terrible. It was almost there. I felt there were so many other things they could have done there. And they didn't. I have to say, I'm going to echo whatever you all said, so I'm not just going to beat a dead horse. But I will say this. Dave Schofield, who is sitting next to me watching the game, he's in another chair, and he says, you know what this is setting up. So the Steelers get the ball for that last drive. He says, you know what this is setting up. And I said, they're going to score a touchdown and not get a two-point conversion and lose by two. And he said, yep, and that's exactly what happened. So just to say, he called that, by the way. Cody Marshall gave us $2 to ask me, did the Mason Rudolph jersey make an appearance today? I, I thought about it and I said, you know what? My number one rule of thumb with Jersey selection is always, I wear the same color that the Steelers are wearing. So they were on the road. That's why I have my white. The racing Rudolph was a, is a black Jersey. If he were at home, I would have worn the Rudolph Jersey, but they were on the road. So there we go. All right. Let's go to, we're going to take a quick break on the audio side. If you are listening to part one, just go over to part two. We're going to talk about defense 
grade those out as well as talk about uh, some injuries, maybe some players that are going to come back. So make sure you come back. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we aren't going anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.